Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Caroline Scott. In this week's episode, we'll be taking a look at the work of The Guardian's in-house virtual reality team, who've been experimenting with the medium since April last year. Those of you that are regular readers of journalism.co.uk will know that The Guardian have been experimenting with virtual reality for a while now, aiming to tell stories in an immersive, different way that will keep audiences hooked. We've made a range of pieces now in the Guardian VR studio um, and we've used a really wide variety of techniques from LiDAR scanning to CGI to filming to illustrating and tilt brush and each time you learn an enormous amount. Um, I don't think there's one technique that is is better than others Um, and I think we've been really lucky to be able to kind of throw our nets really wide and, and experiment. That's Francesca Panetta, executive editor of Virtual Reality at The Guardian. She told me it's important to be open to the possibilities of VR, to look broadly at what's out there that can inspire content creators and to experiment with what the language of VR journalism looks like. So let's take a look at some of the publisher's work so far, starting with its first VR project, 6x9, which lets viewers experience life in solitary confinement, an environment that few people have had access to. If you're able to do so, close your eyes. Imagine you're standing in a metallic grey prison cell. Turn your head around and you'll hear the echoing sound of a dripping toilet. A crack appears in the wall above it and the shadows of words start decorating the wall while the voiceover in the background speaks of the struggle of being imprisoned in a cell for hours and hours at a time. Welcome to your cell. You're going to be here for 23 hours a day. You can be sent to solitary for... Disobeying a direct order. Voting 6.2. Fighting is 90 days extra. Yelling too loud. Somebody's labeled a gang member. Any kind of drugs. Looking at a correction officer. Just looking at him. Having too many rolls of toilet paper is 90 days extra. Too many postage stamps. Eating all of your food. And it's not uncommon to find somebody who's sentenced to a year and then ends up with five, six, seven years in a pile. Six by Nine, which uses CGI, aims to raise awareness of the practice of solitary confinement in the US and featured interviews with seven people about their personal experiences alongside discussions with two academic psychologists who studied the psychological effects of this type of imprisonment. Viewers listen to this while looking around, and it's as if them themselves are there, hearing thoughts in their head. You are going to undergo many different kinds of reactions, and some of them will be more immediate than others. Keep your eye on survival. Memorize your space. After a while, things start to slip. I find myself floating. The toilet that drips. The publisher has also taken audiences to the Arctic, giving them a tour of one of the world's most remote places. The ability to virtually take audiences there by filming with a 360-degree camera enabled viewers to see that after years of record temperatures, the Arctic is melting. As viewers travel over the Northwest Passage via helicopter and boat, they can see the areas if they were there, right on top of the glaciers and icebergs. This is the Arctic, 
one of the most remote places on Earth. It spans 5.4 million square miles and is home to 4 million people who endure temperatures from minus 30 degrees Celsius to just above freezing. The Arctic is changing. 2016 saw record temperatures worldwide. In some places, it reached 20 degrees above the average. And this wintry land is fast becoming a fluid, warmer place. Actually, you shouldn't be able to view the Arctic like this. The boat from which your virtual self is looking out shouldn't be able to sail. It wasn't long ago that the place where your virtual feet stand was solid, thick ice. A virtual tour, complete with narrative commentary, guided audiences, and provided a more environmentally friendly way to view the landscape, a stark reminder of the consequences of our environment-damaging behaviour. Of course, one of the main benefits for audiences of using VR is the ability to see a place they've never been able to go. Last November, the small VR team at The Guardian teamed up with The Mill to give audiences the chance to step down inside London's Victorian sewers, all by using computer-generated imagery. Armed with a remote control that acts as a torchlight and the option to follow their own pathway to fork in the tunnels, viewers are in charge of what they see and experience while being guided by an urban explorer. Welcome to the underworld. Nothing's off limits. You're in London's Victorian sewer system. Doing this on your own would be very dangerous. The underground is well dead. You need to pay attention to landmarks, platforms, alcoves. Hell is located underground. If your torch goes out, you could get lost down here and never find your way out. Left or right? I've only been down one side before. There's a city within the city that we can find if we're willing to go out and explore it. Francesca Panetta explained that within quite a short amount of time, you can give a very powerful experience, as well as imparting a lot of information. There's a rat. Underworld is a virtual reality experience which takes you into London's underground sewers. Um, they're 150 years old and it lets you explore, guided by an urban explorer, the area from Smithfield Markets down to the River Thames. This topic particularly suits virtual reality because it's all about the place. So it's about being in the sewers and navigating around, trying to find your way. So really the story seemed to make sense to the form. VR journalism is just like right at the very beginning, so we're all trying to figure out what are the narrative techniques of that, how you film it, what the editing process is. So there's just no doubt that it's going to develop hugely over the next few years, and it's kind of really exciting to be kind of part of that process. So the publisher has been able to take audiences to another place, helping them to empathise with issues and appreciate what they might not have been able to witness in their lives. But its project First Impressions, which launched in April this year, was something entirely different. It enabled viewers to explore how a baby sees the world during its first six months. It was based on the latest research about neural development and colour vision in infants, and was able to demonstrate the visual development that happens to everyone. As you grow into adulthood, these moments will fade from your memory, but they will echo through the rest of your life. The voice of Charles Nelson, Professor of Paediatrics at Harvard, 
guides viewers through the experience as they see actors as their parents interact with them. Nelson explains the impact on brain development, behaviour and social functioning in children if they're deprived of responsive care and social interaction during their first year of life. Viewers are able to get the baby to make noises by clicking a button on the headset's remote. Nicole Jackson, commissioning editor on Multimedia at The Guardian, explained. We felt like it was really important to give people a range of VR experiences and we'd just done 6x9 solitary confinement and also Underworld, which is a look at subterranean London. And this felt like a more pleasurable viewing experience for people. And also we were really interested in the latest research in, in colour development in babies. So lots of people assume that babies, when they're born, they see in black and white. And in fact, they see with some colour already. So that for us felt like, you know, something that we could bring that was newsworthy. Welcome to your first day. This time is critical. At first, the world is very blurry. You can barely make anything out. And gradually, things begin to come to clarity. And eventually, you have full vision. After I made this piece, it really made me think about how I had interacted with my own children and how I now interact with other people's babies. We felt like it was helpful to highlight that small interactions with your child that aren't necessarily about having lots of time and money that you know working parents sometimes can feel very stretched in their time that they spend with their kids can make a huge difference so just to sit on the floor and 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 talk to the baby to interact with it maybe while you're tidying up around it that that can really aid neural development I think Charles Nelson was saying that you know Kids born in poverty but with really responsive parents do better, actually, than kids who are born in more affluent homes but with less responsive parents. And I found that really interesting. Immersive VR features like 6x9, Arctic 360, Underworld and First Impressions are brilliant examples of how virtual reality can be used to open people's minds to issues they might not have been aware of and situations they won't get to experience. So it only makes sense that this medium can be useful for highlighting issues in the news, telling stories in a new way. Take Limbo for example, the project that lets viewers experience what life is like for asylum seekers in the UK, who are waiting to hear whether they'll be permitted to stay and make the country their new home. The experience complemented the publisher's long-term project, New Arrivals, which followed the lives of refugees as they settle in Europe. Limbo places viewers in the shoes of a newly arrived asylum seeker, guiding them through the urban streets to the home office, all while listening to a montage of interviews from asylum seekers, immigration lawyers and barristers in the UK. Back in July, Francesca told journalism.co.uk that there had been a lot of media coverage on the difficulties of leaving a war-torn land and crossing the sea, but less about what happens when you reach a country you've been aiming for. Limbo was created by the publication's in-house VR team, alongside ScanLab Productions, who used 3D scanning technology to give the experience a monochrome, sketch-like aesthetic. Guardian VR wanted to give audiences a sense of what it was like to reach a country where you really know nothing about your rights, the system, or where you live, all while feeling really isolated. You didn't choose this city. On unfamiliar streets, it's easy to feel adrift. 
You're caught between two lives. Your family under threat back home and the new life you hope to create for them. In its latest piece, called Sea Prayer, The Guardian used animated illustrations to commemorate the second anniversary of Alan Cardi's tragic death. The three-year-old Syrian boy drowned while attempting to reach Greece during the refugee crisis. Seaprayer, created using Tiltbrush, a tool for painting in a 3D space, brings to life an imagined letter from a Syrian father to his son. Francesca explains that the publisher chose to use illustrations to highlight the childlike nature of the film. I wish you remembered Holmes as I do, Marwan. Seaprayer is an illustrated 360 film by Khalid Husseini. It uses text by Halid, which was inspired by the story of Alan Kurdi, who was the three-year-old toddler who was found washed up on the shores after trying to make the cross across the Mediterranean Sea. Halid was, was very moved by this story and wrote a piece for the UNHCR. Um, it's a fictional piece, but it's um, very much inspired by the story of him and, and from the perspective of the father, um, who is addressing Marwan, the young boy, um, the night before they're about to make this kind of potentially fateful crossing. I look at your profile in the glow of this moon, my boy, and I say to you, hold my hand, nothing bad will happen. You are precious cargo, Marwan. I pray the sea knows this. I'd wanted to do an illustrated 360 piece using tilt brush. Um, it's a really fantastic and exciting VR tool, um, but I haven't seen very many kind of journalistic pieces uh, done with it. Um, and it felt like a really good combination, something that has got real journalism at the heart of the story, um, but has got that kind of um, element of the child in it, so that, that illustrative quality of it felt um, really appropriate. And it's really exciting, actually, when you're inside Tilt Brush and you see it being drawn around you. So the idea of going from nothing into a whole world that has been painted around you also felt a bit like telling a story where you start from nothing and the story builds up and grows around you. Journalism.co.uk will be following The Guardian as they continue to produce more experiences in virtual reality. So follow us on Twitter at Journalism News to keep updated. To check out these projects you've just been hearing about, head over to theguardian.com, the Guardian YouTube channel, or Daydream View, Google's platform for high-quality mobile VR. For more podcasts from journalism.co.uk, please visit our website.